Have a seat if you're here. Welcome uh, to those of you who are with us in the room. Welcome to everyone who's tuned in online. If uh, you're new to True Life, especially, we welcome you and uh, glad you've chosen to participate with us and uh, hope that uh, uh, you'll let the Lord minister you today. Let me mention just a couple things uh, just uh, quickly as we get started. So uh, next Sunday, we're starting a new sermon series. Talked about it a little bit last week. It's called Habits. And uh, to me, this is where we live. And, you know, right now, there's a lot of different things that can be talked about. Uh, Right now, I wish I could preach several times a week, actually, because I'm probably always that way. But uh, uh, just, I don't know, there's a lot that needs to be addressed. But I think where we live day in and day out is just the daily choices that we make. Because a lot of what our life is and a lot of what it becomes is just simply the sum of the choices that we make. And I think right now one of the things we struggle with is because there's so much that feels like it's out of our control. And it's always that way. Uh, It may be exacerbated somewhat right now. It's always that way. There's some things that we just have to trust God with because they're out of our control. There's actually a whole lot more that's out of our control than maybe we even want to admit sometimes. But, you know, there are some things that are in our control. And just how we choose to spend our time just what we do day in and day out, how we seek the Lord, spiritual disciplines, things like that, just, just the choices we make, that's in our control. And so that's what we're going to focus on the next five weeks, Lord willing. I think it could be a life-changing thing. We're actually uh, in, in small groups, uh, you know, we're studying the same thing, really not even studying, talking about just kind of the application, fleshing it out. And uh, I think those two things will go together really well and just encourage you to plug into a small group. Uh, Let me also remind you, this kind of part two of what we're doing last week. So we're going to kind of talk about some on-ramps through this, some ways for you to respond to this. And so, uh, you know, this would definitely be the kind of thing where it's not just hear it, but what does God want you to do with it? And so uh, if you're led to respond in some way here in the room, underneath the chairs, there is an, a sheet of paper. If, if that's how you prefer, you can fill that out, put it in one of the offering boxes in the back here or online. You can also respond in the ways that you did last week. If you're Uh, looking at the sermon notes in the app at the end of the notes. uh, There's a link. You can click on that, fill out the form, and and send it in. Or you can also text uh, TLC SERVE to 94000, and it's it's the same form, just three different options if you're in the room, two if you're online for how you can uh, fill that out. And so keep that in mind. So we're back in Acts 931, at at least it's a starting place this week. We were last week. We're going to look at a few different scriptures uh, in in the book of Acts. But uh, last week we talked about edification, uh, being built up, growing spiritually. A little more individual focused, although we talked about that we need to, you know, individual spiritual growth, but there's a corporate uh, factor or aspect to that as well. Today, we're going to focus a little bit more on the corporate side, although it, it really, there's a sense of where does God wants you to fit into this as an individual because, uh, you know, church is people, church is the sum of its parts, and the Bible teaches us that, you know, a church has the gifts that are needed to do what God's calling it to do, but those gifts lie within you, and so we have to exercise and use uh, those gifts. But Acts 9.31 says this, it says, Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified, and walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. And so, inwardly, spiritually built up, outwardly multiplied, God adding to uh, his church, God growing and building his kingdom. Uh, So build up, build out, that's the idea. And so, uh, what I want to focus on in, in our time together today is four Uh, particular areas that we see both in the book of Acts and that we feel called, because it's in in, in Scripture, at True Life, to seek multiplication in, uh, to pray for multiplication, to pursue strategies of multiplication. And so we're going to kind of look at these areas in Scripture, but a lot of this is practical application focused. Um, You know, I'm going to preach some, but we're going to watch several videos. There's some other people who are going to uh, share at the end. And this is kind of really 
our direction that we feel like God's leading us in. I can say direction for the year, but really it's a continuation from last year. Our word for the year last year was multiplication. It is again this year because it's where we feel like God's working. It's where we feel like God's leading us. Like I say, it's in scripture. So uh, the first area then I wanna talk about is the idea of multiplying disciples. Multiplying disciples. One of our core values is we're disciples who make other disciples. This is the job of the church. And listen, one of the things really important right now is there are gonna be voices all around us, both within and outside the church, that want to call us away from our main mission. We have to refuse that. Jesus said, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore. What's the therefore connect back to? It connects back to the authority of Jesus Christ. If we want to function in the authority and in the power of Christ, it's by doing what he's commanded and commissioned us to do, which is go make disciples. And and, and that's the verb here. That's the command to make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So what he's telling us to do here as the church is, is, making, is to make disciples by going, proclaiming the gospel, baptizing converts so they can publicly identify with Christ and the church, and then teaching them to Uh, obey what Jesus has told us to do. So that would mean a disciple of Christ is someone who has responded to the gospel. In other words, who knows that they're a sinner, uh, believes that Jesus died for them and rose from the dead, has responded to him in repentance of faith, has publicly testified to that through baptism, and is now growing in their faith and obedience, growing in their walk with Christ. And and so while this is a message that is, you know, primarily, I guess, for the church, I would ask you from the onset, it, does that describe you? Can you say biblically that you're a disciple of Christ? You say, no, I'm not really a disciple. I'm a Christian. Well, if you, when you read the book of Acts, it, they're synonymous. You're not a Christian if you're not a disciple. And, and so I would ask you, if you repented of your sins, place your faith in Christ. Does your life show that? Have you taken the, the step of believer's baptism through immersion to publicly testify of your faith in him? So this is what Jesus told his church to do. But then in Acts, it further amplifies that. Acts 1.8 says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the end of the earth. We're empowered by the Holy Spirit to be Christ's witnesses. Acts 2.47, another one of these summary statements says, praising God and having favor with all the people. And it says, the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. In Acts chapter 11, I'm gonna paraphrase phrase some of it, but there's an example of um, where it says they were scattered after a persecution. And it says then uh, that, that they went out and they were preaching the word to no one but the Jews only. But then the next verse says, some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene, who when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, preaching uh, the Lord Jesus. And notice what it says. It says, and the hand of the Lord was with them and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. And that's one of the things I'm praying for true life this year, that uh, a great number of people would believe and turn to the Lord as we proclaim uh, the Lord Jesus. And, and so this is the mission of the church. And in Matthew chapter four, verse 19 Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you become fishers of men. So if we say we're following Jesus, part of that is fishing for others. Now, over the last year or so, kind of the way that we've expressed this at True Life is with this idea of who's your one. Who's somebody that God has put in your life that he's calling you to pray for, to reach out to, to share the gospel with, to invite the church. Who's your one? Now, there may be a lot of somebodies in your life. In fact, I would say right now, uh, you know, it's, it's not hard to find somebody who's hurting. It's not hard to find a need. Uh, I mean, you want to make a difference, just find a need and meet it. Find somebody who's hurting and share the love of Christ uh, with them. But who's your one? And so uh, this is the first video we're going to show. It's, it's a testimony uh, from, from Barbara Nichols that goes along with the idea of who's your one. So uh, watch this if you would, please.
So who's your one? I mean, if God's bringing somebody, or maybe it could be, be, certainly be more than one person to your mind, I'd encourage you to write the name down, to begin to pray for, begin to ask God uh, to open doors, to share with that person. Uh, something else I want to mention to you is, uh, you know, something, our, our small groups have been serving in some different ways in, in the community, and, and appreciate what you've been doing, encourage you to keep doing that. Uh, the, the thing I want to mention is this, though, one of the areas that we focused is, um, I guess it's called Tenova. I still call it Jefferson Memorial Hospital. The, the hospital, the one hospital in Jefferson City. So you know what I'm talking about. But, uh, you know, we have some people who work there from True Life, a few different people. And, uh, I mean, things are really, really rough there uh, with COVID right now. And so some of our small groups have been providing uh, snacks uh, for uh, you know, people who work there. Uh, it's hard for them even to take time to even eat. And so just kind of meeting a practical need. But then I got a text on Friday from Mitch Kane, who's the mayor of uh, Jefferson City. And uh, he's declaring, I think it's the 25th or the 29th, the last full week of January is kind of a, a week to honor first responders here in uh, Jefferson City. And uh, one of the ways they want to do that is by having a, an event each night, Monday through Friday, where some people gather outside the hospital just to show their support and appreciation uh, for the frontline workers, not just the hospital workers who are, you know, just sacrificing and, uh, you know, putting themselves out there for the sake of others. And um, on January the 28th, which is Thursday night, 645 to 7:15, True Life's been asked uh, to kind of be the base for that, to kind of spearhead that. And we have said yes to that, and we'll communicate more details over the next few weeks, but I'd encourage you just to go ahead and put that date on your calendar, in your calendar, if you have your phone with you right now, and that's how you operate, and uh, I'd like to see us have a lot of people out there just to show our love and support and appreciation for them and, and, and what they're uh, doing, uh, and, and just, you know, uh, just to continue to pray for them. So uh, we're called to multiply disciples, called to reach out with the love of Christ, called to make a difference in our community and around the world. But something that's going to have to go along with that, if a church is going to grow spiritually and grow numerically, part of what goes along with that is multiplying leaders. And let me show you an example of that from the book of Acts. There's more than one, but for time's sake, let's just look at one in Acts chapter 6. And it says, now in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, and, and, and this is a significant um, word here because uh, through the first few chapters of Acts, you see they're talking like 3,000, 5,000. They're talking large numbers of people. And he, from here on, they just stop counting and just start talking about multiplication. Uh, and, and so with this multiplication, it says there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenist. Do you know that growth brings problems? Do you also know that being stagnant brings problems? Do you know that declining brings problems? I'd rather have growth problems than uh, decline problems any day. But they had a problem. Uh, it, it says, you know, their widows were neglected in the daily distribution of the food. And so this is how the apostles handled it. It says, The twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It's not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. In, in, in other words, this need me, needs to be met, but if we stop doing what we're doing, what God has called us to do, if we stop the ministry of the word, then that's going to create another problem. Right? Do you know it's not a good solution to a problem if your solution then creates another problem? So, this was the solution that God gave them. They said, therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves to continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And, and so their solution was, was to raise up to commission more leaders because by doing this, the needs of the church could be met, the church could be edified, but the gospel continued, could continue to be proclaimed so the church could continue to be multiplied. And that's exactly what happened uh, because, you know, verse five names the, the men they chose. Then in verse six, it says, whom they set before the apostles and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. Then the word of God spread and the number of the, multiply, the, number of the disciples multiplied, but now it's not just multiplying, it says it multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and even a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. And so, to be a healthy church 
it requires godly leadership, but it requires the ongoing addition of godly leadership because biblical church growth is the church being edified and being multiplied. It's spiritual growth. It's people being reached with the gospel. It's not either or, it's both and. And so we certainly have and want to continue to have a focus on raising up, developing leaders, both for us internally as a church and then to be able to send other people out as well. So there's just three quickly specific things that I wanna mention in regard to this for us as a church. First of all, we've done some of this in the past, but uh, we're ramping it up uh, uh, this year in that, you know, one of the great things God did in 2020 is we had, you know, five young people uh, who publicly declared uh, their commitment to pursuing vocational ministry as a call of God in, in their lives. And so, you know, one of the things we found is one of the great ways to develop people who uh, are headed in that direction is through internship. And so, you know, we put some money in the budget for internships this year, and we want to let you know and be able for some of you to put a face to a name is that uh, this month, uh, last week, Ryan Harold, Ryan, I'm going to stand up and smile, uh, started as a pastoral intern with us. He's going to be doing that this year, and we'll probably be adding some other internships during the course of the year. So that's one of the things that we're doing. You know, we would really encourage you, uh, if, you have, if you're a parent of a teenager, to have your kids being involved in youth ministry, because, you know, part of our vision for this is to disciple, to raise up the next generation. Our youth leaders are doing a great job with that. We'll be announcing soon kind of what the plans are for that this semester. You know, we're doing that in Honduras to the Boys and Girls Clubs. would also encourage uh, you men, if you've never been through men's leadership training, when that opens back up in August, to consider being a part of that. Or we're hoping to start another class of Bible Training Center for Leaders in the fall. Con- encourage some of you that's open to men and women to be uh, a part of that, to grow and be developed developed as a disciple of Christ, to be raised up in spiritual leadership. And then a third way would be the multiplication of small groups. You know, it's our philosophy of ministry that we need each other, and so we are a church of small groups. You know, one of the things you, themes you see through the book of Acts is the need for the church to fellowship, to live out their common life together in Christ, the need to pray together, the need to be taught God's word together. And if you see the model in the book of Acts, there's three different times, Acts 2.46, Acts 5.42, and Acts 20.20, where it talks about that they gathered uh, daily in the temple, in the temple courts, and from house to house. So we've decided, based on that, to make our model, our ministry strategy of gathering corporately on Sundays and then through the week in people's homes in small group meetings for fellowship, for prayer, for Bible study, for accountability, for encouragement, and to serve and to minister to the community uh, together. And that's our uh, model of uh, ministry. And, and, And we know biblically that God has called us as Christians to live in community. Listen, Satan wants to isolate you. I mean, he just does. I mean, he he thrives in isolation. We need each other. And as a Christian, if you're trying to live the Christian life alone without the help and the support and encouragement of other believers, I can pretty much guarantee you, you're not gonna do real well with it. We need each other. And so I would encourage you to plug into a small group if you're not. That's one of the, the blanks that you can check on this response form. You say, uh, you know, I'm participating online or I'm here, but I don't know if I feel comfortable being in somebody's home right now. Well, we have groups right now that are meeting via Zoom. So we can get you plugged into a group through Zoom and you can have community that way. And you say, well, I don't like Zoom. Well, we can't have everything we want, okay? It's better than living in isolation. I promise you that. And, 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 you know, groups are different, but we found that our group actually works very well on, on, on Zoom. And uh, along with that, probably a couple of things you should know as we're in the process of starting a new small group in Dandridge, uh, the Myers and the Rogers, uh, both of whom have pastoral ministry experience, going to be leading that. It's actually going to start on Zoom, meet on Wednesday nights. So if you're in the Dandridge area, uh, we'd love to help you get plugged into that. And um, we also need a host home for one of our groups in Talbot that meets after church on Sundays, if somebody uh, could fill a need for that. But, um, you know, if you're not in a group, I'd encourage you to get in a group. If you're interested, you know, just by filling out this form, just 
us by responding. Uh, you know, you're not committing yourself to anything, but we'd love to be able to tell you more about it, let you consider that with the, the knowledge and the info that you need. But, but like I say, at least, like I say, even if you're not getting around people right now, you probably need this more than anybody. At least find a group that's meeting on Zoom and participate that way. So, Multiplying disciples, multiplying leaders, multiplying small groups. Uh, last thing uh, that I want to uh, share is multiplying churches. When you look at the book of Acts, it's a church planning book. The end result of New Testament missions is church planning. Um, so, you know, it, it's our vision to be a church planning church because we believe when you read the New Testament, that's required to actually be a biblical church. If you're a biblically healthy church, you should be a part of planting other churches here and around the world. Aubrey Malfers has put it this way. He says, if we desire to know how the early church understood Christ's commission, talking about the Great Commission that we read earlier in um, Matthew 28, he says, we can find the answer in the book of Acts. Acts is a church planning book because much of what takes place does so in the context of starting new churches. Let me give you just a quick 60, 90 second overview of that. Earlier, we read some scripture from Acts chapter 11, talking about how these people went out and were sharing the gospel. It referenced Antioch. Well, as people got saved, it says that uh, Barnabas and Paul assembled and, and taught the believers there for a year. What they did is they started a church in Antioch. And Antioch is really one of the model churches in the New Testament. As the church grew and matured and developed, they raised up leadership. Because when you get to Acts 13.1, you see a team, a plurality of elders. Out of that, the Bible says, as they were praying and fasting, uh, God told them to send out Barnabas and Paul on what we now call the first missionary journey. As they went out, they proclaimed the gospel, they discipled the converts, they established leaders, and ultimately, what we see that the result of this was, was they planted churches included in cities including Lystra, Iconium, Antioch, uh, different Antioch, Acts 14, Galatia, Acts 16, Philippi, Acts 16, Thessalonica, Acts 17, Corinth, Acts 18, and Ephesus, Acts 19. That's New Testament missions. God has called us to multiplication of disciples, leaders, of groups, where people can, can fellowship together, grow together, and ultimately of new churches. And so, in, in the rest of our time this morning, really what we're going to focus on is church planning and, and, and missions. And we want you to see uh, some of the things that God is doing, where he's leading us, some opportunities that you have. And so, this is how we're going to do that. I, I, I'm finished but uh, we're going to watch uh, some videos and some other people are going to share a little bit. So just to kind of what's coming, just so you'll know, is um, the first video you'll see is Jeff Davis, the, the, the church planter at New Creation in Morristown, one of our church plants. And then you'll see a video that the, actually the Tennessee Baptist Convention produced and showed at their virtual uh, annual meeting this year of Children of Christ Church, which is the our, our Micronesian church plant. Then Pastor Philip, who is the church planner for International Fellowship, also was, works with the Micronesians, come and share a, a little bit. Then you'll see a video of Julio Pacheco, our missions pastor in Honduras. And then after that, uh, John Harrell, who's our director of missions and operations in Preston Ford, one of our elders kind of come and uh, uh, finish us off from there. So watch these videos if you would. Hey guys, this is Jeffrey Davis, pastor of New Creation Community Outreach Church in Morristown, Tennessee. Uh, I want to give you an update what's been going on the past year at New Creation. Uh, basically, a lot of you guys know that we started feeding the homeless and needy in our community about 15 months ago, and I think we fed about 10 people the first time. Right now, we're doing over 100. Uh, sometimes we've done up to 300 people in one night. We never, never know what God's going to send. Uh, also, have been doing clothing. So we have free clothes to anybody in need. And, and being an outreach church in the community means the whole community. Not just the homeless, but anybody who needs it. So these clothes are meant for people that are, who are just needing our community. We have coats. We have blankets and so forth. We do food giveaways. But like last night, we give over 200 coats to people in our community out there. But it's all God. It's not us. It's all God. God has controlled this whole thing. God is awesome. Also in the process, in the past four or five months, we got a new building. 
We went from like 2,000 square feet to about 6,000 square feet, and that's when it's really exploded. I know it's just a building's four walls. It's, it's, it's not the church itself, but God has sent the people. He has sent the leaders. He's sent the volunteers. And it's been amazing what God is doing out there. The, the blessings are pouring on every day. Uh, people's lives are being changed. We've had about 10 people get saved and baptized. We've had people get off the streets in the past uh, few months and get their own places and stuff. Uh, God's just moving tremendously out there in that area out there. We are right in the middle of build, uh, build construction, and we're starting to work on that. We're working on our thrift store, getting that going off pretty well right now. And just a movement of God. Uh, we were just recently donated a 15-pastor van, praise God, to pick up the people in the community, and a 25-pastor bus. And also in the process, we've had more and more homeless people attaching to the church and coming to church on Sunday morning and Sunday night and listen to the gospel and changing lives. But it's all 100% God. We give God praise and glory. And God's still not done yet. He's still building. He's still moving. He's still saving. And it's just amazing what our God is doing. So that's kind of a little bit of update about what's going on out there at New Creation. Uh, we'll start giving praise and glory. We can always use help, though. Uh, we need some volunteers, any kind of monetary gifts. We need blankets. We always need coats. Uh, we got enough clothes, praise God. But we always can use help. And it's got to come out there. We're on 1056 South Cumberland Street, Morristown, Tennessee. We On Sunday nights, we're out there like 5 to 8, just feeding the homeless, loving on them, praying for them, and just being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And if any questions, please reach out to me. Reach out to Pastor Jimmy. And we're glad to help any we can. Hope you all have a great and blessed day and Merry Christmas. God bless you all. years I wrestle, I wrestle under the name the Wild Samoan. How does a professional wrestler known as the Wild Samoan become a church planter in East Tennessee? Only by the grace of God. Today, God is using me to share his word and hopefully one day we'll start planting churches. With a desire to plant churches, the Wild Samoan also known as Pastor Elias, received help from the Nolichucky Baptist Association and some missions-minded churches in the area. Remember that the Bible is trustworthy. They were asking for training, for help in, in, in getting established and knowing how to do the Constitution and bylaws and, and, and that kind of thing. And they were uh, asking for help with a place to meet and to be able to join in with the, with the association. And ultimately, they were looking for a sponsored church. True Life Baptist Church, Jefferson City, stepped up to the challenge and sponsored the Micronesian Church by providing its congregation with guidance, training, and small group Bible studies. Another example of God doing a new thing during a global pandemic. I think God has really used the small groups during this pandemic. They've started three groups that are meeting in homes. You know, those groups uh, they're seeing that their, their faith is growing, their understanding of God's Word is growing, and it's just really been powerful to see their people just leaning into that, really getting involved in those small groups. I think that's really helped us. I could see our church growing. I could see a lot of difference. The growing church needed a place to gather, so Calvary Baptist Church, Morristown, offered them a space in which to worship. It was another example of how churches cooperating together can have more of an impact. You know, the association, these different churches have worked together uh, to build God's kingdom by uh, discipling them, training them, and assisting them in, in planting a church that's uh, reaching people for Christ and discipling them and then will eventually plant other churches. Through Pastor Elias' ministry and, and what this local church is doing, we see people's lives being changed here in the Morristown area through the gospel. But it's Pastor Elias' vision, it's our vision to see that spread across the state as they reach out uh, to other uh, Micronesian people groups and in other parts of the state and really around the country. And we want to see them reach for the gospel and see churches planted in, in these different areas. And ultimately, they want to take the gospel 
back to their islands and plant churches there. We baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. No matter how you slice it, Tennessee is a mission field. God is bringing the nations to us. And I would just encourage all of us, you know, let's, let's open our eyes, let's open our hearts, uh, let's open our homes, let's open our lives to the people that God is bringing to us. Great to walk in newness of life. Amen. Good to see you, and we're rejoicing for what God has done and what He's doing. I'm Philip Lyons. I am uh, the church planter of International Fellowship and also Connections Pastor here at True Life Church. It's been a blessing uh, to be a part of what God is doing in international uh, missions here, and uh, we thank God for that. Uh, the vision statement for International Fellowship is a multicultural body of believers in Jesus Christ, making disciples who make disciples both here and around the world. And we've been blessed and privileged to, to, to be able to see that come to fruition in someone like Brian Lee. Brian was the uh, last guy that was baptized there in, in, the, in the video. Brian is a Taiwanese man. He was at Carson Newman last year. I got to be his language partner, and so I met with him on a weekly basis along with his 12-year-old son, Eason. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, after a while, Brian came to me, and, and he was broken about his sin uh, broken about the fact that, you know, with COVID and uh, personal issues, family issues that he was facing here, he had a 12-year-old son. He didn't know how he was going to get back to Taiwan because everything was locked down and uh, other issues that he was afraid of and, and fearful of, just broken. And he realized, he said, I realize I'm not in control. And he realized he needed Jesus. He said, I'm a sinner. He said, before I, I thought my life was good, but now I realize that I've sinned against God and I need Jesus to forgive me. And, and so he came to Christ. He, uh, you know, we had the opportunity and privilege of discipling him and, uh, and sending him back like uh, we've done with others uh, as a disciple to make disciples of their family and friends wherever God would send them, whether it's here in the States or, you know, some of them have gone back to their home countries. And so, but Eason, his son, is a representative also of others who are here uh, that we've had the privilege of sharing the gospel with, or uh, maybe they've already gone back or moved away and they've heard the gospel but have not yet come to Jesus Christ. So pray for Eason and others like him uh, that have heard the gospel but have not yet believed. Then just uh, just thank the Lord also, as you saw in the, in the video, of our opportunity and privilege and honor of being able to uh, speak into and train and, and help the develop, development of the Micronesian Church, the Children of Christ Church, and, and seeing, you know, BCTP, uh, BTCP uh, program and, and uh, BTCL uh, training for church leaders get started this past year and being able to train them on a weekly basis and uh, uh, just see uh, how they are uh, implementing the training in their lives and, and their teaching and uh, the development of that and development of, of leadership. And, uh, you know, on the video, we, we mentioned that they had started three new groups, but since that time, they started a couple of others. So there are five small groups that they've started in the midst of COVID, uh, and God is just blessing, and we thank God for everything He's doing, uh, you know, helping them to... Uh, to, to have that vision of training their people, making disciples who make disciples. And, and really one day we're, we're anticipating and, and trusting that God is going to allow them to see other churches planted here in Tennessee, uh, across the states, and all the way back into Chuuk, their home uh, island of Micronesia. So we covet your prayers as we continue to make disciples who make disciples.
Hello, dear friends from the True Life Church and friends from other churches that might watch this video. Uh, we wish you all a Happy New Year. <laughs> uh, we wish you the best in this year that we are just starting. Uh, I think that most of you know me already, uh, but for those who don't, my name is Julio Pacheco. I am a pastor at Iglesia Bautista Comunión uh, over here in Tegucigalpa, Honduras, and I am also the director of the church planting uh, nonprofit. And uh, we are partners, each other partners, in the work and ministry of Jesus Christ. Uh, so we love you, we appreciate you uh, a lot. And uh, we, I want to start uh, giving thanks for your continuous and faithful support, both in prayers and generosity. Uh, we, we are sure that you have been praying for us, um, especially uh, during 2020 and, and at the beginning of this year, as we are going through the COVID-19 pandemic, but also when our country was hit by these two huge, uh, powerful hurricanes, Ada and Yoda, uh, we know that you pray for us. And uh, we have also been praying for you. We pray for you because you also have been going through the COVID-19 pandemic, and we pray that God uh, keep you uh, uh, during this, uh, this difficult time. We, we have also prayed uh, for you during the presidential elections and the political stress and for the changes coming ahead. Uh, we think it could be challenging times, so we pray for you. Um, I said that we give thanks to you and the Lord because of your prayers and generosity. And talking about the generosity, I want to highlight uh, your loving giving uh, through the, to, to the ministry, uh, especially supporting the seminary dean, but uh, even more supporting the budget for the Boys and Girls Clubs, and even giving uh, money in addition to the budget of the Boys and Girls Club. Um, through this uh, loving and kindness uh, that you have shown, we have been able to help uh, hundreds, really, I, I don't even know how many, but hundreds, hundreds of people in several different places. Uh, the situation here is critical, and so we have been able to help with uh, food, uh, medication, um, even the repair of some houses, and all kinds of special needs. And you have been a very important part in this, it, it, it has been a, a blessing. Uh, so we have been able to reach many people related to the Boys and Girls Club and even reach people that we were not reaching before. One example of this is uh, what we have been doing in El Barrio La Bolsa. Uh, this is a very, very poor uh, neighborhood here in, in the city. It's uh, by the side of one of the river, rivers that crosses the city. We started doing evangelism in that area uh, in the last days of November. And then on the 8th of December, a fatal fire occurred and an old man lost uh, his life and several people, families lost their homes. And because of your generosity, we have been able to provide uh, mattresses, food, uh, construction materials, and, and we have been able to go once or twice every week. Now the plan is to bring uh, the children and teenagers to the Boys and Girls Club here in our church and also bring people from all ages to our Sunday morning services. And that's just an example of the blessings that you are. Um, thank you for your uh, support to the church planting nonprofit. Um, after this challenging year, 2020, in 2021, we are uh, determined to do the best that we can to glorify the Lord. Uh, we are going to continue with the church planting in different areas of the country. The training programs is very exciting what the Lord is doing through the training programs. Uh, where we keep uh, working in eight locations, seven in Honduras and one in Guatemala. And in 2021, we want to open six new locations five in Honduras and one in Nicaragua. That's 
wonderful. That we, we thank the Lord for that. The dental ministry is going to continue again. And so uh, the last thing I want to say is that we miss you. We miss you a lot. Uh, we were getting used to see you two times and even three times every year. But the last time you came was in February last year. So we are really looking forward to seeing you again, uh, hopefully in summer this year. Thanks again, my dear friends, brethren. Thank you, Pastor Jimmy Inman, for this opportunity to share. And God bless you all. Bye. Good morning. Everybody sat over here. Uh, I guess that's the social distance side. Um, so we're going to do some exercises this morning. We did this in the first service. You all stand up. You've been sitting a long time, including little Jimmy in the front row. Uh, sit back down because we don't have time because then Jimmy will get mad. Um, <clears throat> we are going to do a lot of hand raising, though. And I realized when I was sitting down here, I thought, man, the people at home, they probably didn't raise their hands in the first service. So you all raise your hands. If you're at home, too, we can see you. Um, some of them are probably worried about what they're wearing now. But anyway, all right. So I'm going to talk about Honduras. I'm going to talk about Uganda. I'm going to talk about South Asia. I'm going to pass it off to Preston, and he's going to wrap us up today. Uh, but we are going to do a lot of hand raising. So raise your hand if you are aware that we work as a church in Honduras. Okay, that should be 100% since we just watched a video that we work in Honduras. You didn't raise your hand, but it's okay. Keep it, all right, keep them up. Raise your hand if you feel like you have a good understanding of what we do in Honduras. Okay, all right, that's good. Raise your hand if you've been to Honduras. Okay, all right. So what we, what we are working on mostly in Honduras, and I'm going to keep it short since we did just watch that video, there's a lot of churches, 10 churches roughly, 10 clubs, the seminary. Most of the churches are back open, if not all at this point. The clubs are not back open, but they hope too soon. Um, so, but I'm going to be talking about several other things as well, but I want you to understand, you know, we've worked in Honduras now for 16, 17 years, and some words that come to mind for me would be roots, foundation, commitment, longevity, relationships. Understand that those things aren't changing uh, as we talk about some other things as well, uh, that that's going to continue just as you've known it, though it may change somewhat in how we do things uh, as, as it should. We've seen, seen those things happen, uh, but that is not changing in capacity as to, you know, we're continuing to work there. Uh, so I'm going to talk about Uganda. So how many people know that we are working in Uganda now? Okay. How many people have actually ever been to Uganda? Okay. So there's two of us in here. I forgot to ask that in the first service because there would have been at least one more. Um, so how many people know what we're doing in Uganda? Okay, so we have a few. How many people know what BTCP actually is? Okay, all right. So BTCP, Bible Training Center for Pastors, uh, was launched in Uganda, in northern Uganda, in Lira last month. Um, a year, year and a half ago, I didn't even know what BTCP was. Uh, Jimmy, Philip, myself, and Brian Myers went to a training in Atlanta last February uh, and, and kind of learned about that. Meanwhile, a little over a year ago, we had a pastor from Uganda contact us, uh, and I, I took that on because Lindsay and I actually took a, uh, a trip to Uganda a few years ago, met with some ministry organizations, kind of learned what was going on in Uganda, and so when this pastor contacted us, that was given to me, I started a dialogue with him, and, and we talked back and forth for a while. And last fall, Jimmy said, oh, hey, what about a, a BTC class in Uganda? So we picked that up. We took it to BTC, and they said, yes, we've got connections in Uganda. And as of last month, there are native Ugandans teaching a BTC course in Uganda to Ugandans that were seeking training. Uh, BTCP is a uh, seminary type of program that works really well in areas like that where seminary is not practical or not even available. Uh, so I'm going to show a video of one of the students. There's 10 students, nine students, I think, in that class, uh, giving a testimony as to what's going on, uh, and then we're going to uh, move on to our next step. Thank you so much. This is Pastor Walter. 
from Lira in northern part of Uganda. I am very grateful to the Lord for the season that had been waiting for so long. And as the servants of the Lord, whom the Lord has, has put in his vineyard, I thank God for giving us the BTCP in the right time because this is the crucial hour that we need the knowledge in the words of the Lord and the coming of BTC in this part of northern Uganda it is a privilege to us and it is by the grace of the Lord and we are grateful we want to appreciate the leadership of BTCP and for the great work they are doing now as the students of this center which has just been opened in Lira specifically in northern Uganda we are grateful that this BTCP has come in the right time and we we are we are sure that we are going to finish this course until the last day where we are going to celebrate and say god thank you for what you have done and as the as 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 the students of BTCP i am grateful because my expectation in the call of god will be achieved and i know at the end of this training something great is going to come out of my life and the rest of the students so we want to assure the leadership of btcp that the students of lira are ready to run this race until the last day when we will say god thank you for the success that you've given us so we are grateful so much may the lord god bless you and bless the teacher teachers whom you have sent for us, they are good one, and I pray that Lord may increase their knowledge. In Jesus' mighty name, I speak and thank God for what he has done. Thank you so much. God bless you all. All right, so, so our goal with this class is to equip leaders, equip pastors, see churches planted, multiplied, and see those leaders multiplied as well. And it's, a, it's a very effective platform to see that happen. Uh, so I'm going to talk about uh, South Asia a little bit. We're going to transition over to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering that we've been doing this year too. So raising hands again, who's been to South Asia? Okay, so not very many there. Chris, all right, good. Uh, all right, so two years ago, I took a trip to South Asia with a missions organization to train Christians in an area where the gospel isn't very well accepted, an area that is a little over 1% Christian uh, and experiences a lot of persecution. So that was my first connection in South Asia. Since that time, uh, and, and I know Ryan's got some pictures of some different things from South Asia as well. Since that time, uh, we've actually seen a few other connections in the church established uh, in relation to South, South Asia. Uh, and it, I think God is using that to uh, just show us what's happening around the world to teach us. Um, so through this, when I've looked at South Asia, South Asia, uh, sorry, I'm going to give you some math. Uh, who here likes math? Wow, that's actually a lot better. I mean, I, I love math. So she must really love math. All right, good. I need that. Um, so I'm going to give you some math on South Asia uh, to put some, some things into perspective. So in South Asia, there's roughly 1.8 to 1.9 billion people. That is 25% of the world, roughly, in that one small region. And I say small, I mean, it's, it's big, but relative to the world, it's not big. Uh, so that's one in four for the math challenged uh, of the entire world in that one spot. Now within that 1.8 to 1.9 billion people, only 1% to 2% of those people are professing Christians. And in some region, regions there, it's even way less than 1%. Um, there are, within that same group, 90 to 99%, depending on where you are, defined as unreached or unengaged. So raise your hand if you know what that means. Okay, that's pretty good. So that would mean that if you were classified as an unreached or unengaged people group, there is not a context there of Christianity. There's no one there to really share the gospel with you. There's no active pursuit of that. There's no active evangelism of some kind. So 90 to 99% of that 1.8 to 1.9 billion people in South Asia 
does not have access to the gospel, has no hope for someone to share with them. So I want to give some additional context to that and say, well, what does that actually even feel like? That's, those are huge numbers. What does that mean? My wife would say, like, I, I don't like math. Like, I don't even, that's hard to grasp. So think about for a second, to put it into your perspective, think about your parents, your grandparents, your children, your grandchildren, your extended family, your friends, your acquaintances, every person that you meet through your entire life, the girl at the Walmart checkout that you meet for just one or two minutes, everybody that you meet, and everybody that they meet, and everybody that they meet, it will never equal that level of number of people. There are masses and people groups of millions of people and tens of millions of people with no known believer whatsoever in that region of the world. And that's not the only region, but it's a very specific region where we've, we've seen some contacts. What does that really look like? Ultimately, that is spiritual deadness. Is people walking around, going from birth to death, never encountering the gospel, never knowing who Jesus is, walking dead. And I want to, I want to, that's weighty, that's heavy, but, I, but I, I want us to understand the reality of that and the depth of that, and then let's take it and say, okay, well, what do we do about it? So we're going to watch a short clip. I want you to really think on that and think about the weight of that, and then Preston's going to come up, and he's going to help us with a, okay, so now what? Everybody, every single person that you or I has ever known is dead. Dead. We'll let that marinate for just a second. I think in the context that we live in, in the culture that, that we live in, um, and I'm, I mean, I'm like that. Uh, I, I can't connect with that. Uh, John, you know, originally said, hey, can you stand and be kind of a backup in case I just break down? Because anytime John lets his heart engage with the lostness of people groups, um, you know, God's just gripped his heart in that way. And so he wasn't sure that he would be too coherent by the end of it. And then Chris Roy did mention, he was like, wait, let me get this straight. So you didn't think you could do it, and you picked Preston. <laughs> um, but I, I think that we do have to, we have to let that sit. Um, because I'm, I'm not where John is. I've not been to Uganda. I've not been to South Asia. I've been to Honduras once. And so a lot of my context is the United States. And the, the one trip to Honduras was eye-opening, and it gripped my heart, and it was like eight years ago. And just like we do in any other area of our life, so much of that becomes out of sight, out of mind. Whether that's our family, whether that's Mandy's family in Michigan, out of sight, out of mind. Whether that's our small group people that maybe are, are choosing to quarantine, out of sight, out of mind. Whether that is people that we've never seen or don't have to see because they're across the globe, out of sight, out of mind. And my challenge would be that, once again, I'm not, this is, this is challenging myself. We don't see that in the New Testament. Like, we don't. We, we see Paul writing letters to the church saying, hey, I know I'm not with you. I know I don't see you, but I'm praying for you. I, we see them figuring out ways among the churches 
to now support other churches that are either under persecution or suffering or trying to start. Like, it just, that's what we do. That's what we're called to do. That's what we're, what's modeled in Scripture. And so, um, I don't have permission to preach, and I'm not going to preach today. But what I would say is, as a church, as we enter in this new year, may we take this seriously. And so we always have opportunity. We've got three primary opportunities. Anytime we think about missions, we can pray. That opportunity is never hindered by COVID or anything external. We always have the opportunity to pray. And so I would encourage us as a church that we grow in that, that we continue in that, and uh, that we press on in that. Uh, we always have, or we have the opportunity in addition to praying to go. Going's hindered a little bit right now. Going to Honduras, you know, he referenced we haven't been there since, since February of last year. Um, so that area is a bit hindered. But the third area is sending. And that's where we do have a chance uh, to put our money where our hearts are. And we say, okay, we've seen the need. We've heard the numbers. You know, they were flashing some pictures of a family that we actually got to interact with a few months ago, uh, some IMB missionaries that are laboring, have labored, and, and plan to continue laboring in South Asia. Um, we have the opportunity through the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, which is extended, so uh, that's what I would tell you is that, you know, it's Christmas offering isn't it over. We're going to keep that open uh, as far as it running through True Life through the end of the month because we do want people to have that opportunity if you say, man, I, I want to do something about it um, because I see the need and I feel, and ultimately I feel like God wants me to do something about it, uh, then you can do that. Um, and so in addition to that, let's just wrap up everything. So if you've got the response forms, they're under your chairs. Um, if you're more of a digital person, if you have the True Life app, there is a link at the bottom of the uh, sermon notes that Jimmy referenced, you can click on that link. It opens up an um, interactive form that you can fill out and submit. If you're online with us, then you can click that link as well, um, or you can text TLC serve to 94000, and you will receive that link. So there's all kinds of ways to respond, but I'm not going to go through these line item by line item. Some of them, many of them weren't referenced today, but I will highlight a few. So if you'll flip over to the back, back being the opposite side of service opportunities. Uh, you'll see the QR codes. Uh, you can scan those if you don't have the uh, TLC app and you would like that. Um, but a couple things that I would highlight to you. Uh, it, one is the Discovering True Life class. If you're like, man, I'd, I've only been here a handful of times or I've been checking this out. And, and today, you know, we do this uh, pretty routinely toward the beginning of the year because you, know, you never quit you never quit casting vision for what God's called us to, right? So just because we say something once doesn't mean we're all going to say, okay, got it, and then we never have to come back to it. Um, and sometimes things, things kind of change as far as where we're going. Uh, you know, like Jimmy said, uh, we, we feel like God's drawn us to, to multiply, calling us to multiply. That's our command, uh, to multiply individually, to multiply churches. Uh, so it, if you feel like this is maybe somewhere where you want to plug into or just want to find something some more information out uh, that actually started this week's going on right now you can jump in next week into week two of that it's a three-week series or three-week cycle so you can do two, week two and three this month and then pick up week one uh, next month but uh, check that box and we can give you some information down below that january 13th at 6 30 um, we're going to offer some discipleship classes. This is a really simple way. If one of these interests you, spiritual maturity, you know, if you feel like your spouse or somebody you know needs to be more spiritually mature, sign them up. It'd be a great idea. <laughs> spiritual gifts, evangelism. Um, we're going to offer these via Zoom uh, this year so or this month. So if you are interested in that, you can uh, check the box physically or, or digitally. And we will need to get you materials prior to that date, uh, but we can work that out. The biggest thing you'd need to do is just check the box. Uh, so here's how I want to end. I want to end by praying uh, from a giving standpoint. Oh, 
Thank you, John. <laughs> I completely botched that. Yeah, we've got a video. We've got a video from, um, from somebody that's actually in South Asia, and then I'll come back up and I'll end by, by praying. Um, and, and this kind of, I would say this video is a great representation of everything I talked about in, in finding it hard to connect to that, but we shouldn't stay there and say, well, that's not my problem, out of sight, out of mind. Uh, because this is the reality of, of what our Lottie Moon Christmas offering uh, can do for, for folks. When you have been told from the time that you're born that Jesus is not God, Bible's corrupted, and to follow Jesus is to commit blasphemy and you're going to be turned away from your family, that's a whole nother task. And so we're going to the tip of the spear because we're getting to people that have only heard lies of Jesus. They've heard his name, but they've been told lies about him and to reject and to not listen. What we do, it's very hard. It takes a lot of time and a lot of sacrifice on a lot of areas. But when you see someone get it, when you see them come from darkness to light, and they literally know that their life is forever changed and no matter what persecution or whatever happens, that they're with Christ, that they're His for eternity, that's worth it. God sees the bigger picture, or maybe someone in our work sees one or two Muslims come to Christ after three or four years, but God takes those two or three and snowballs. We've seen Muslims hear the gospel and, and be baptized and follow and be strong lights. Christ says to pray for the Lord of the harvest because the harvest is plentiful, that the workers are few. Then Jesus tells them, now go. I think don't people, they kind of stop it. We're gonna pray for the workers, but then Jesus says, yeah, you're gonna pray for workers, but go. Revelation is guaranteeing us as well as saying, hey, all people will have representatives before the throne. We want to see Southern Baptists love Jesus, love his word, and give sacrificially to Lottie Moon Christmas offering so that the gospel can go to the ends of the earth and even specifically to the large Muslim groups like I work with. And before we pray, I will highlight to you, if you're giving physically, if you're turning one of these response, or, response forms in in person, we've got boxes at the back doors. You can just drop them in those boxes. Um, so let's pray, and we'll end. God, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for the gathered church. Um, it seems like more and more we become more and more thankful for these moments and times, and so uh, I pray that we wouldn't take this for granted. I uh, pray that we would be edified and that you would be glorified. And Lord, as we uh, look at all these opportunities for where you are currently using us as a local body and where you're calling us to, uh, God, I just pray that you would um, just draw our hearts to complete surrender, whatever that looks like for every single one of us, whatever that looks like in our, um, in our serving, whatever that looks like in our giving. God, I pray that we would fight against that out of sight, out of mind mentality. God, I pray that we would, um, that we would fight against the, even the giving out of our uh, surplus. Lord, teach us and lead us to be New Testament believers, not just reading about it, but living it out, Lord. I ask that you would use us as a church mightily. Lord, we pray for our brothers and sisters across the globe, that you would encourage their hearts, that you would provide for them both uh, spiritually and emotionally and, and physically and financially what they need. I pray that you would bring a great harvest uh, in all of these areas, in Honduras and Uganda and South Asia, Lord. And we are privileged to be a part of this. Um, Lord, it's in your name we pray. Amen.